This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Bonjour, Monica. Bonjour, Jessica. How's it going? I'm just really thinking about what I want for dinner. Ooh, what are you feeling? I don't know. I'm feeling like a like a like a hearty mm, comfort mm, food. A stew, a perhaps. S- perhaps a stew. Perhaps a pasta. Yum. Perhaps a chicken thing. I'm. I don't know. We don't have any groceries. Uh, okay, we so that go- would make any of these hard. Yeah. Yes, we have to go grocery shopping soon. <laughs> but um, hello, welcome. Welcome. Sorry that you had to be a part of my dinner ramblings. This is just a day in my brain. That's okay. My dinner fate is out of my hands. Uh, oh. It's Sean's night to cook, so I, I never know until I show up. Jesus, what do you think it's going to be? I don't know. He has a couple recipes that he rotates between, so it's probably just going to be one of those. Oh. Which is fine. <laughs> Listen, he didn't start cooking until like two months ago. That's true. That's true. So... Uh, Listen, give him him props. Give him props. I applaud him. Giving him a a short round of applause. (laughs) Good job, Sean. Yeah, and he's a good cook, even though he just started doing it. Isn't it infuriating when that happens? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> when you're like i was so bad at something for so long it took me so long to like become good at something to get at this moment and then and someone, someone else tries mm-hmm. it and they're like immediately good at it that's the problem it's that's garbage. the problem right there you know who's not bad at things Who? meryl streep meryl streep is so good at everything she's excellent at do all do you things. think meryl streep is a good cook no i want i wonder i, I feel hope like she's not she needs some i feel some like her flaw. husband like does the cook she needs a flaw she needs something wrong with her yeah. because jesus fuck she's like a perfect woman i know <laughs> unproblematic we stand her uh if you're just tuning in which obviously you are yeah this is part two of a two-part meryl streep series see see uh we're doing three of her next illustrious films and the yeah. range on this woman i mean if you look if you just look back at part one yes i mean if you have not listened to part one please go listen to part one please do it will blow your mind <laughs> it was very good it was really good <laughs> um uh but part two has got like a mixed bag yeah yeah um we've got the bridges of madison county yes. it's complicated the iron lady yes. and you'll get to hear my thoughts and more specifically jessica's <laughs> thoughts yeah apparently monica has less to say about these things who knows maybe things that i say will inspire some commentary from you perhaps, i feel perhaps. like that happens a lot where you're like i have nothing to say about this movie that's and then true. i say something and it is a like a two-hour episode that's true it happens <laughs> and listen it happens all the time yeah so once again go back and listen to part one if you haven't you naughty naughty boys You're and naughty girls. children uh and since we don't have to tell you who the fuck she is we'll just go right in her goddamn films yeah if you need to know her bio listen, listen to part to the one. First one we just told As you what to do already per my original email <laughs> <laughs> As per my last email, just go. <laughs> just listen to part one. Just go listen to part one. Okay, so the first movie we're talking about today is The Bridges of Madison County. The Bridges of Madison <laughs> County. Came out in 1995, directed by Clint Eastwood, none other than. Screenplay by Richard Lagravenese. Wow. I'm, I'm, I hope I said that, that right? That sounds delicious. <laughs> Based on the novel The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. So, 
Francesca Johnson, played by Meryl Streep, an Italian housewife living on a rural farm with her family in 1965 Iowa, meets Robert Kincaid, played by Clint Eastwood, a photographer for National Geographic, while he's in town on a photo assignment. Francesca's family is out of town at the Illinois State Fair, so she and Robert form a connection and begin a love affair. Francesca details their short-lived romance in four journals, which her children find after she has passed away. Francesca has requested to forgo being buried with her husband and instead have her ashes scattered off a bridge in Madison so that she can rest alongside Robert. The children, understandably confused and angry, read the diaries, which give them insight into a very different side of the doting mother they knew for so long and the love that she kept secret. (laughs) A classic love story. Yeah, except it's like, it's interesting because you start off being told like, don't have hope for this couple because they don't end up together precisely so it puts you in a very interesting position to watch the story unfold because like you're rooting for them but like you know that it doesn't happen precisely so it's almost like you're disappointed the whole time almost like you're i don't know (laughs) wasting your time just kidding (laughs) how did you really feel about this movie um one thing that i will say meryl sheep is fucking phenomenal in this once again brilliant brilliant mouth work (laughs) yeah i i just like i don't think when you see a movie like this you expect um uh, you don't expect the kind of performance that you got no from this movie absolutely from a movie like this Mm -hmm. um i think when people think of this movie they think like oh it's like a love story for old people right and you so you don't expect to have like these incredible performances but like she's just so fucking good i mean she's good in everything i feel like i don't even have to say it anymore but like i don't know she does something because she she's an italian immigrant so she mm-hmm. has this accent This like really be honestly the only word we can use to describe it is just beautiful yes and you can tell that the way that she speaks informed everything about her character absolutely like she really really harnessed that way of speaking in order to um to form who Francesca is and to use her words, I don't know, as just like another form of her identity. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. No, it makes complete sense. And it's so rewarding to watch. I really feel like, I I really feel like you, no matter how long these movies are or if they're boring, Meryl Streep always rewards you with her performance. Precisely. I think that they used her really well in this movie. Um, And I think that, specifically i'll give her mad props for her 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 random chemistry with clint eastwood yeah (laughs) her random chemistry with clint eastwood yeah i have never sat down and thought to myself hey do we think that meryl streep and clint eastwood would work do we think that like i i fundamentally give this movie mad props for recognizing that that that's a thing yeah that they're a thing so 10 out of 10 loved that chemistry that was great that was great yeah i just think that she turned what could have been a very shallow character into a really really dimensional character because like she's a 1960s housewife Mm -hmm. she's an immigrant she got brought over by her husband during the war yeah yes um 
And that would be easy to kind of just like forget to fade into the background. But I do think that that's kind of the point of this story in general. It's not just a love story. It's about validating these kinds of lives, Um, these lives of housewives, these lives of like of immigrants um, who, especially women coming over, like the only thing that they can do is raise a family and and, be a wife. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's placing value upon those things, but also placing value upon like the dreams that they have and their feelings eat because there's no question that Francesca loves her family. Right. I also don't think that there's a question. She loves her husband. She just like doesn't have a passionate romance with him, but I do think she loves him. Um, And I think it's giving value to that feeling, you know? Yeah. I think the idea of having a mature, you know, having a, a mature enough sensibility to understand that no matter what happens, it's a lot more pragmatic and practical to stay with your family. Yeah. So why on God's green earth would I run off with this man that I just found out that I loved? Like, um, you know, when she she never like runs out to him. I think it's like one of the climaxes of the movie or mm-hmm. so the climax when she's like in the truck and like doesn't run out to Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um, it because she's a smart woman yeah um and i really admire i mean obviously this was a book before but i really admire how the movie like forces you to understand that she will always make the right choice mm-hmm. um and that's something that i appreciate um in a character is when you as the audience member know what that character is going to do because they stick to they sort of like stick to their intuition um and while it's not necessarily as exciting as something like her running into his arms and then like being with him forever right yeah. like that's the exciting part it's also not it's not truthful to who the character is meryl has has created this wonderful um you know this wonderful reflection of of, of a character that was beloved in a book that was now it's now a movie um and i think that her being that Italian housewife that is in America and really her only duty is to be a wife and a mother. She's not going to give up those duties just to be happy. If that makes sense. Like, and you as the audience member, even though you, like you said, you, you want to root for them and you want her to chase passion and love and, and romance and Clint Eastwood. Like you want these exciting, brilliant, dramatic things to happen. That's not the case. Yeah. And like, you still feel every bit of the tragedy, as she doesn't, she doesn't go after that life, li- both literally and figuratively. That scene at the end when it's raining and it's always raining. They're at the intersection and Clint Eastwood's truck is in front of the truck that she's in with her husband. And you can see her medallion that she gave Clint Eastwood like, hanging Ugh, from the rear yeah. view mirror. Or he pulls it out and he puts it on the rear view mirror so that she can, yeah, so so it's she like can a, see. It's a signal mm-hmm. to her to be like, if you want to get out of your husband's car. Get out car, of the truck and come into my, come into my car. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We can run away. Yeah, exactly. She just doesn't do it. And she just, it's fucking agony watching that happen. And she's getting so emotional. And then eventually he turns because the husband honks at him and Mm -hmm. they go their separate ways. And that's the last time they ever see each other for the rest of their lives. For the rest of (laughs) literally all time. So fucking sad. It's just, and then her husband turns to her because she's crying and he's like, what's wrong? And she just says, it's nothing. And he's like, okay. "Okay." (laughs) And you're just like, man, this is really so indicative of like the times of, uh, the dynamic between husbands and wives, especially when they marry not for love, but you know, because it's just the thing to, to do life. just to build a life, right? Yeah. To uh, a lot of the times it was really just to build a legacy, mm-hmm. right? Like I need kids. And in order to have kids, like obviously from the man's perspective, yeah. I need kids in order to have kids. I need a, I need a wife in order to get a wife. I just need to fucking throw a stone, hit one and I'll marry that one. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of that. And I think the tragedy of it all is, is less so, 
I'm less interested in the love story and more interested in the fact that Francesca is a really dynamic character because she is real. She's authentic Mm -hmm. in any situation. I'm sure most women would make that choice. And that's not the choice that a woman would sit there and be like, oh, like, ah, like, like that's that's the more exciting choice. Absolutely not. And is that the choice that every woman wants to say that they're going to make? No. Most women want to say, no, I would run to my lover. Like, but the the reality of the situation is she's a she's trapped. Yeah. Right. And I think it's it's really interesting like the whole like metaphor of the bridge in general it's like like there is no bridge for her she's stuck on the other side she's not going to cross over that's not going to happen and that's an active choice and i appreciate that as an audience member you know it's an active choice exactly it's not anything passive in her life and it's not it doesn't like you know transcend her logic she just knows that she's a housewife she's a mother she's a woman Mm -hmm. and she lives in a small town and this is that like that's gonna be her life and it's not it's not even that she makes peace with it it's that she knows that's just what she has to do and Mm -hmm. she she puts it outside of her mind and then just moves on well she's never lived in a world i was gonna say a life but like she's never lived in a world where like your own a woman's own desires mattered precisely so it's like it's not even an option it's i mean it it's an option for like a second when because clinius would ask her to run away with him and she packs a whole suitcase and blah 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 blah. and then they're having dinner that night and he's like you're not coming away with me are you and she's like i i can't you know absolutely um and i think i think not not seeing her husband as like a bad husband mm-hmm. and sort of seeing this is just the situation that she's in as circumstantial yeah almost makes it like even more tragic yes <laughs> because no no one is doing anything wrong here mm-hmm. you don't fault francesca you don't fault clint eastwood's character who in my mind is just clint eastwood <laughs> and <laughs> you robert kincaid and you <laughs> and you don't you don't um, fault, I think his name is like Richard. You don't fault the husband because he, like everyone's just living their life and yeah. doing their best according to the societal norms. They're just doing what everyone else is doing. Exactly. You were like a black sheep if you married for like love and passion. Exactly. It was it was very transactional. So yeah. in my mind, it is very riveting, riveting to see less so a story about love and more so a story about a woman who is strong enough to make conscious choices that is better for the people around her and not for herself while you know some people may argue well that's not like the more honest choice or that's not the the more truthful to yourself choice yes but i admire like the strength it takes to like not do what you want to do but do what you have to do yeah so i mean it's being selfless exactly um which is not something that i as a 25 year old yet can relate to you know right but another thing that i loved about this movie is i loved the perspective that it was told from i love that it was about the kids finding the diary and being mad that their mom doesn't want to be buried with their father because from their point of view like why wouldn't you want to be married with dad like Mm -hmm. you know right and them realizing like oh our mother had hopes and dreams and she was a person desire and she wanted romance and love and she didn't have those things and it made me go like our parents were people before us and wanted the same kinds of things that we wanted and a lot of the times sacrificed those things to provide for us and it just kind of makes you it makes you appreciate that more much more and also kind of wonder 
um, like what could be in your own family's life. Like, right. you know, did your mother give up love so that she would be with you, et cetera. Um, it's just, it's just really, really interesting. And I think it just adds, it just adds another beautiful layer to the story and to like her, her acting because it makes the story that Francesca is telling so much more meaningful. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, it's obviously like up to, it's it's not necessarily up to interpretation of why she wants to be buried with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. The character Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He's her true love. <laughs> he's your true love. But I do think it's, it, I, I like to think of it as why she did, why she didn't want to be buried with her husband, which in my mind kind of has always been, cause I, I've, I've seen this musical and I've seen this movie. <laughs> and if you haven't, you know, heard it in my voice already, I'm uninterested in the love story. <laughs> um, why she didn't want to be buried with her husband. I really like the thought and it may be just a personal thought and not mm-hmm. necessarily the intention of the writer or the, um, you know, the filmmaker. It may, it might not be, but I like to think that perhaps, you know, she spent her whole life serving this man. Why would she want to also serve him in the afterlife? Yeah. Or like she didn't have control over her life, but she has control over her death. Right. Exactly. Um, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's so. a really, you know, profound way to look at it. And I think, I think what I'll, what I'll end on personally about like Meryl's performance is just how beautifully she marries, um, being like this doting housewife and mother with also having like this youthful, like giddy loving side to her because you don't, you never see it when she's just with her family, only so when she's just with with Clint Eastwood, like. (laughs) with the character Clint Eastwood (laughs) like when they're having that argument in the kitchen and she's being very passionate it's the first time you're seeing her be like passionate and emotional about Mm -hmm. this relationship because she's like what the fuck are we supposed to do yeah do you just go around every time you travel like how many of me exist in the world absolutely um but in between every sentence she's like do you want butter on your toast do you need jam (laughs) so good it's always it's just like built into her and Mm -hmm. it's so like that scene was a really excellent example i think of like what i love about this story what i love about what meryl did with the character Mm -hmm. Because like it's it's not an easy feat to transition between those two things to access those two parts of a of at a the exact mind. same time exactly yeah. Um, yes and then my sort of like final note and to add to that is I really love how in every moment of her of her life since meeting the character of Clint Eastwood yeah um, she's all you can always see Meryl sort of like fighting her urges right mm-hmm. because the ultimately the story is about finding beautiful passionate love and happiness and then actively choosing not to pursue it because sometimes in life like it's more important not to be happy which that's that right yeah um and i one thing that i love that 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 meryl brings to the table is she ever since meeting clint eastwood she's just constantly fighting her urges and constantly fighting herself until she finally like hits the final nail in the head and closes that chapter so I just love like the again Meryl does this like brewing storm thing of just always like it being like below the belt and like very pushed down but you can still see it and feel it as an audience member which makes the story so like riveting yeah you're always that that's why you root for them because you can see her sort of like fighting herself in every single frame our sound guy almost just fucking fell over (laughs) 
it it does shake you. It, it does really you. shake you to your core. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any final notes? No, I don't. Um, I I think that this movie is a really wonderful example of a love story that tells you that it's often not just about how much you love someone. You know what? It's not about you. <laughs> nothing is ever about you happiness and relationships are more than just we really love each other yeah like there has to be more than sort that. of the age-old love isn't enough yeah trope exactly right? so thank you meryl <laughs> thank you our lord and savior meryl streep another one bites the dust <laughs> boom boom baby all right monica tell us about the next one the fun one of this, this episode. one okay this is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's so good. Like of all time. Yeah. I saw this movie in theaters as a as a young tot. I which ages me, I know. Uh <laughs> I saw this movie many times. I rented it I rented it at the Blockbuster in that one shopping center. Yes. I think it's off of Canoga. <laughs> I think it's off of Topanga. There were multiple blockbusters. One of them one of them i went to one of them and yeah. i would always rent it until my dad finally bought it for me from that one like five dollar bin that was like you want the used i love the movies? five dollar bin love the five dollar bin. i would get a pack of red vines and then my movie and get the fuck out of blockbuster drive home and put it into like my brother's because we didn't have like a dvd player we had like my brother's like ps1 or ps2 yeah. or whatever whatever was in at the time <laughs> and then we just played it on that and it was oh. glorious i miss blockbuster i feel like that's something that could make a comeback i think it, i think video it stores oh yeah oh yeah and also like you'd bump into people at the video store like because i would always go yeah. i grew up as a young catholic i i i would always go right after church mm -hmm. because my dad would always like let me go like pick a movie and then we would go like pick up takeout and then like watch it at home yeah and i would always run into like other church goers like you know <laughs> little juan you know <laughs> Juanito? Yeah, Juanito, <laughs> Pablo, all of them. Pablito? Pablito. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was it was just it was a nice time. Anyway, it's complicated as a very special place in my heart. Yes. For no fucking reason other than it's just I mean so it's a random. great movie, so it's just a great movie. So let's get into it. Personal anecdote aside, it's complicated. Came out in Yes, 2009, baby. Yes, baby. Glorious year. Right before the 2010s, mm -hmm. which were a fuck show. <laughs> <laughs> written and directed by the one and only i mean like say it in your mind before i say it and you're golden yes nancy myers yes baby after being divorced for 10 years jane adler played by meryl streep mm -hmm. and jake adler played by such good names <laughs> i know really good character names jake jane? and jane uh, yes <laughs> jake adler played by alec baldwin yes think they finally finally learned how to be friends when the whole family, minus Jake's new wife and stepchild, travels to New York, New York, for their son's graduation, <laughs> Jane and Jake find themselves sparking up conversation, not just of old memories, but of old chemistry. Ooh. While Jake thinks the affair means that they're going to get back together, like all men do. <laughs> 
Jane feels conflicted, like all women do, especially because she's just started dating Adam, played by, yes, you guessed it, Steve fucking Martin. Yes. The architect redoing her home scandal. (laughs) Because while there may be a chance at reigniting an old flame, the complicated fact is they're divorced. And he's married. (laughs) Okay. This movie, instant vibe. Instant fucking vibe. Mm -hmm. Then Nancy Myers' aesthetic. The Hans Zimmer score. Probably not actually written by Hans Zimmer himself. (laughs) It was written by one of his boys. You know what I'm talking about? Like one of his Hansy boys. We open with those scenic shots Mm, of the house. California. It's the house. It's It's always the house. Yes. Yes, baby. Bitch. I don't know how she affords this fucking house when she just owns a cafe. (laughs) But, you know, not important. The same thing. The same exact thing. So, okay. First of all, you really see Meryl Streep letting loose in this fucking movie. I I feel like if I had to pick a movie where Meryl Streep feels the most just like her natural carefree Meryl like, self. Like Meryl, like we're yeah, like yeah. we're seeing Meryl Streep. Yes, here. I feel like it's in it's complicated. It's this movie. She's just like having a great time, feeling herself. And like I love, I love love stories about older people. Oh yes. Because it it gives me it gives me hope in a yes, way. Yes. Not that I feel like I'm dreading old age. Well, Jessica, you don't understand. You're gonna get divorced and then remarried, <laughs> and then your whole life is just gonna be a Nancy Myers film. Exactly. Um, but it's just really refreshing to see these stories about like older people who like passion. who have passion, who fucking mm. like know they're attractive, yes. who are successful, yes. who have like. I love that this movie is where. It, these people have everything going for them except for like the love part but not having the love part has not diminished their lives yes yes girl so (laughs) in this fucking movie first of all first of all her house is impeccable oh my god her whole fucking year she's like I'm finally gonna get, get my kitchen dream kitchen bitch your you'll kitchen have a dream kitchen <laughs> I would murder someone for that kitchen. That kitchen is bigger than my apartment. That kitchen is bigger than my whole fucking apartment complex. <laughs> like, I'm... That kitchen is beautiful, mm-hmm. and that house is beautiful, and Meryl, just like, the whole vibe of the film is like Meryl against the backdrop of, like, this beautiful house. Yes. And the house is sort of, like, symbolic of her of her single life, right? Yes, because she and bought so it after the divorce. She bought it right after the uh, after the divorce. In the movie, you sort of like understand as an audience member that they've been divorced for approximately 10 years. Yes. Um, and that sort of like ages her children to about like the youngest one just graduated college. Yes, and the old one. Yeah. And the eldest one is I would guess she's like 27. Something something along those lines. But she's engaged, about to be married. Yeah, to John Krasinski. To fucking John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> Who is so funny. Who is Heller in this film. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's Hilaria. He's Hilaria Baldwin. Oh my God, don't get us started <laughs> on Hilaria. Hilaria Baldwin, we see you, girl. <laughs> Baldwin drama aside. Oh God. <laughs> um, and okay, so this house sort of like symbolizes her single life, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I love that throughout the movie, 
the more she sort of learns about herself, the more progress she makes on her home, uh-huh. which I just, I, I love that. Like I just, yes. I, I'm a sucker for symbolism girl. And, uh, in the end, it's sort of like understand like understood that, um, her house isn't like, going to get worked on by the hunky hunky architect and they're and they're about to break ground yes baby in the rain and they have like chocolate croissants that she's gonna get from the store oh my god that fucking scene is one of my favorite parts of the movie it's so sensual they must have been having the best fucking time oh yeah oh yeah it's just steve martin and meryl streep after getting high together Together. at their uh so the eldest daughter no the eldest yeah yeah, and John right. Krasinski, they have a party. They throw yeah, they the throw son a graduation, graduation party, party. Yeah. which it's not their son; it's their brother. Yeah, but it's, it's Meryl Streep's son. Exactly. Fucking get with it. <laughs> Find a family tree. So they throw a party, and Meryl and uh, Steve Martin get high, and they go to in the, the party. Bushes. Yeah, and they're having mm-hmm. a great fucking time. And so afterwards, they're like, "We're starving." So We're they go. They go to her cafe in like the middle of the night, and they make croissants together, and it's hilarious. It's and, but also so weirdly funny. sensual. It's very sensual. It's very hilarious. And mm-hmm. like he, okay, it's established from the beginning that like he is looking for love, honey. Yes. Like he's, he's ready. also recovering from a divorce. Exactly. And he's like listening to tapes in his car yeah. that's like, you is smart. You is kind. You is important. <laughs> Your divorce does not define you. And he's like, yes, yes. And then obviously <laughs> there's the funny, like Nancy Myers, like funny moment where yeah, like, yeah. she walks in the car and like listens to the tapes and is like, oh, okay. Like when did you just get divorced? He's like 10 years ago. Ha ha ha. It's just so delightful. It's like it's a really like delicious movie. It's so good. <laughs> I know so listener, you're gonna go online. You're gonna type in it's complicated. Meryl Streep. Maybe you'll also type in Alec Baldwin. Who knows? Yeah. We haven't even talked about him yet. No, but we got we got we're gonna. But we're gonna. Um and then you're gonna go the first thing you're probably gonna see is <clears throat> the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. Ignore that. Ignore that <laughs> shit. Just ignore that shit. Uh, just fucking watch the movie. If you liked The Holiday, which uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't like The Holiday? You'll love It's Complicated. You'll love It's You'll Complicated. fucking love this You'll movie. You'll fucking love it. Um, <laughs> moving on to fucking Alan Baldwin. He is brilliant. <laughs> He's so good. I love Alan Baldwin so much. I love their dynamic. I love you want their flirtation to keep happening because like oh, you yeah. as the viewer are getting just as high off of their passion as they are. <laughs> so you can imagine Alec Baldwin as like this like horny dog and he's yeah. like rough rough barking up Meryl Streep's uh-huh. tree and Meryl Streep is like feeling flirty. She's feeling young. She's feeling sexy. Yeah, but she's, she's feeling also like, ready. But I don't know. She's I also like because you're married. You're not only married but you're my ex-husband who I literally hate. Yeah, who cheated on me. And who like we don't have anything in common anymore mm-hmm. and like all this shit but then obviously like I think one of the statements that the movie makes is like when you have that much history with someone it's really hard to let go like it's really difficult to like yeah find uh, like the new you the new you that's single mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that wasn't the old you that was single no 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 like it's a whole new you that's single with kids with a whole past life yeah so it's very um <clears throat> It's complicated. Well, they had a whole... They're always going to love each other. Precisely. They'll always be in each other's lives. There's Mm -hmm. no escaping that. But it, like, similar to what I said about Bridges and Madison County, there has to be more than just love. It's not about loving each other. No. And it never was. He also has to keep his dick in his pants, which is really hard for him, by the way. (laughs) Exactly. That that is something, though, that I love what they did with their character, with his character, because they could have 
very easily just made him like a sympathy case like mm-hmm. oh he's unhappy with his marriage he's unhappy with his fucking disgusting stepchild <laughs> like let it like take him back meryl but he's like just crass enough mm-hmm. for you to be like i don't know maybe we should think about it exactly <laughs> and you know obviously <clears throat> going back to his sort of intentions with his current wife who's yeah. like a lot younger than meryl played Street. by lake bell yes played by which, by the way, we love Lake Bell. Yeah. Love that bitch. So She's sweet. always a side character in like every movie ever, but we still love you, I Lake. I know, she good. Um, she is like this young, hot brunette. A very, like a, a really lovely stark contrast to like mm-hmm. Meryl's like older, blonde, yeah. like sort of like set in her ways. Yeah. And the this like young blonde, I keep forgetting her name because her character is like very much just like there for Alec Baldwin to like play with and like break her heart. Oh, Agnes. Agnes, right. She's so, a brunette, though. She's a brunette. Yeah. And so um, the problem that's like sort of arising is Agnes wants to have a kid with specifically Alec Baldwin. Yeah, because they're married. Now. Um, because the kid that they have is not a kid that they have together. It's a kid that she had with a guy. She cheated on him. Yes. On Alec. <laughs> and then got pregnant. And then had the kid and then came back to Alec Baldwin, yeah. who then was like, Lamel, I'll still take you. Exactly. Which is just bizarre. The child's name is Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you like ruminate on that or like <laughs> marinate on that. I don't know. Um, but essentially she wants to have kids yeah. and he very much does not want to have no. kids. And obviously in typical male fashion, he does not communicate that to her. No, He just takes like penis pills that causes him to like produce a lot of semen, produce a lot of. Se- <laughs> Remember there's the scene yes. in the hotel room. The scene we're referring to is uh, he and Meryl have come to this like Santa Barbara hotel to like yeah. get it on. Because Meryl Streep was really nervous about their affair, but then she went to her therapist who was like, yeah, you, you should do you it. Should do it. You should just like see what it's about. So all of a sudden she's like feeling herself. Fuck yeah. And she's like, meet me at a hotel in 15 minutes. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then they start getting it on. And obviously, like, the medication that he's taking. I think the medication specifically is so he stops urinating all the time. Yeah, yeah. He it's, has overactive bladder. Exactly. And and what it does is it the so one of the side effects is obviously, like, causes, causes like, heart palpitations mm-hmm. and shit. But the other more hilarious side effect is that it produces a lot of semen. No, he, it conflicts with the medication he's also taking to help produce <gasps> a lot of semen. Yes, yes, yes. So the two can't go together. And so he, like, f- almost faints. Right. And then they call the doctor. <laughs> And he was like, he was like, I need this to produce a lot of semen. And Meryl's just like, I, yeah, I, I like a lot of semen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you watch Meryl Streep utter those words, it's just hilarious. Worth the movie ticket alone. Yeah. I know it's not playing in any theater, but you know what I mean. It you know should I mean. be. Let's do oh, it. Oh, God. It is such a beautiful film. And then, you know, just to quickly touch on Steve Martin. Yeah. That man is just... He's just a treasure He's in this film. He's just so sweet. He and Meryl have excellent chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that it was... I don't know what kind of fucking casting director cast this goddamn film. Yeah. But they did a brilliant job. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I love so much about this storyline specifically and why I think it only works for people of this age, mm-hmm. not meaning me and Monica, meaning the characters in the movie, <laughs> um, is because if this was about fucking 20-year-olds or even 30-year-olds going through uh, going through this and, like, reconnecting with an ex but also dating someone else, it would be fucking explosive. Absolutely. But these people are old enough to realize that, like, 
you have history. You have built a life with people. You have mm-hmm. a family with someone. Like it's not easy to just cut ties from that and move on. And sometimes old feelings pop up. And so everyone is just a fucking adult about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, like that's just how it is. Let's move on. Yeah. The only unadult thing about it was the sort of like secretness that they sort of yes, like yes, kept. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, which was the only reason why the the movie worked in terms mm-hmm. of like um entertain like entertainment value yeah yeah um because the whole like secretiveness of it all um really like pushed boundaries with specifically john krasinski's character oh my god because he's the only one who knows he's the only one because all what happens is he obviously he's the fiance of meryl streep and alec baldwin's one of their children and um he sees them like canoodle like going up to the same hotel to canoodle and then coming back down yeah and it is just a hilarious exchange between him and like him and his own brain and like him Mm -hmm. viewing the situation because in his mind someone's dying yeah because he sees the doctor going up and then he sees the doctor Mm -hmm. coming back down with no alec baldwin yeah and so he's like oh my god is he dead (laughs) but no it's all good and he goes oh thank god yeah um so he obviously already knows but anyway there are just so many hilarious little nuggets in this film Uh, it's yeah helmed by the absolutely brilliant meryl streep who one of the reasons why we wanted to include this in the movie is because it's just her like i think this is the closest to just letting loose letting loose meryl streep on set like i am i'm we're so lucky to see like a little glimpse of maybe a little bit of who she is yeah she's just like so sparkly in this movie and it's just so great mm-hmm. i love her if you ever want to know what meryl is like Could when she's like. maybe high you could watch this movie too yeah enjoy <laughs> so that brings us to the last one which is a heavier one it's not a yes. exciting film but we had we had to discuss it because meryl one thing she does so well is uh is playing other people who were real yeah um, um big big thing about her so in you know in this movie she plays one one prime minister yes uh, a very famous prime minister yes if you haven't guessed what the movie is by now you know i i, I don't know about you but maybe go uh crack open one of them brexit books <laughs> so this movie is the iron lady came out in 2011 written by abby morgan who is one of my favorite playwrights ever she wrote this play called love song which is incredible um and i had no idea she was also a screenwriter so props to her (laughs) directed by philida lloyd who is also the director of mama mia yes Yes! we love (laughs) uh mama mia is a very different film than they are mama mia (laughs) which uh by the way if you guys want to hear our thoughts about mama mia go listen to our musical musical episode. episode it is uh worth it yeah super worth it um okay so about this movie an elderly margaret thatcher played by meryl streep talks to the imagined presence of her recently deceased husband played by jim broadbent as she struggles to come to terms with his death while scenes from her past life from girlhood to british prime minister intervene okay i just want to start off by saying i fucking hated this movie okay Um, okay tell me more (laughs) uh i fucking hated this movie i thought that they didn't use meryl very smartly in this film because because the film had had very little direction in terms of like what they actually wanted to focus on for margaret thatcher's character in this movie also margaret thatcher as a whole is a very like controversial prime minister yeah and they just couldn't pick a fucking angle like it just it it, they couldn't do it. it yeah 
I did appreciate the magical realism. I'm a fucking sucker for magical realism. Yes. Love it in my books. Love it in my TV shows. Love it in my movies. Give it to me good. This movie just specifically, like, I think that was the only thing that was keeping me going. I feel I really appreciated the point of view they were trying to come from. Tr- and uh, hence the word trying. Yeah, because, like... It's so un. It, this movie was very much unlike any other political drama I've seen, um, because it very much appealed to like her as just an old woman rather than her as Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister. Absolutely, because she's a very controversial figure. But like the thing that we can all agree on is that she was in a she's a woman in government during a time when like women weren't that respected. Not that they're that much more respected anyway and she was Mm -hmm. given a really difficult job she was dealt a really shit hand exactly so um again like i think my biggest issue with movies it literally has no opinion of her um and that really bothers me see i kind of i kind of liked that because i think it would be harder to make a movie where it's like Margaret Thatcher's good or Mar- or sorry, it would have been easier to make a movie saying Margaret Thatcher is good or Mar- Margaret right. Thatcher is yeah. bad. But I think it's more interesting to kind of leave it up to you. However, because it was a little scattered, it's difficult. If you know nothing about Margaret Thatcher, like me, <laughs> then it's still you still come out of it being like, I don't fully understand like what was going on or what right. she was dealing with, like like technically, like policy wise. Um, so even then, I can't really form my own opinion of her. But what I can form my opinion on is that, like, I do sympathize with her um, and I feel for her, especially I, it just made me appeal to the more hu- to the human aspect of this story that like this woman is aging. Her husband has died. Her family isn't around her. Um, you know, her mind is going a yeah. bit because of how old she is. And it makes you sad and it makes you understand this like universal concept of wanting to be loved. And, you know, it's yeah, I that that's what I liked about it and took mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, I think that um, outside of the film itself, focusing specifically on Meryl's character, yeah, she obviously does an incredible job. Like yes. I, I would argue that she does a flawless job mm-hmm. of it's almost like an what's the word like an uncanny like identical interpretation of Margaret Thatcher yeah. as a character. Obviously, we, we've got that flipper, we've got that mouth. <laughs> Yeah, insane prosthetics and makeup um, and everything. Her posture changes. Mm-hmm. Her whole body like has this very different air to it. She walks very differently. Like this is, you know, obviously Sophie's Choice is in our opinion like one of her like most transformational roles. Yeah. This I think specifically into someone who is, you know, living and mm-hmm. and around and she she really fucking captured her essence. Like if you watch videos of Margaret Thatcher, look at photos, listen to recordings, like she fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um and I think that that as much as she brought her own like sprinkles of her own Meryl Streep flavor to the character, I think that she has a really true interpretation of who Margaret Thatcher is. And I fundamentally appreciated that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this is a movie that was being referenced when I had a teach a professor in college who said that like Meryl Streep was no longer a great actress anymore because she had reached this like like godlike status where when you watch her you're just watching Meryl as something you're not seeing the character and I was like I could not disagree 
yeah. more. I want to punch Obviously, that professor Obviously, I know who Meryl Streep is just as I know who any actor is that is like, you know, a big star and has been in multiple big movies. Mm-hmm. I constant, I, uh, when I watch roles like this, especially in this movie, I'm not seeing fucking Meryl. I'm seeing the character through and through and through. And I just like, I don't understand people who have that point of view about her. I, I mean, I do think it gets a little dicey when she's getting nomination after nomination for movies that don't necessarily deserve nomination. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Meryl Streep needed to be nominated for fucking Into the Woods. Yeah, that just didn't need to happen. <laughs> no, but like, she's given it because she's Meryl Streep. I think that's where the problem is. It has nothing to do with the fact that like, she's so great and is too recognizable. Yeah, that professor is dumb. Get yeah. him out of the U- University of Southern California. Uh, he, ha- he has passed. <laughs> You know what? They got him out. <laughs> um, uh, may he rest in peace. Yes. Um, one thing that I will say is I fundamentally respect this film for um, not only Meryl's, Meryl Streep's performance, but for the sole and undeniable fact that this was both directed and written by two women. Yeah. Um, which personally, I think it is an absolute, f- and it's really sad that I even have to say this. I think it's an absolute fucking feat. That movie mm-hmm. of this caliber that reached this um, like Academy Awards status, yeah, even was even freaking allowed to be both both written and directed by a woman, yeah. Um, period, period, and and discussion. I think that it's so fucking rare to see, and really, it's about allowance, right? Mm-hmm. Women aren't aren't given the opportunity to have women on their on their team to to make films of this caliber yeah right you see a lot of like like you see a lot of indie films you see a lot of rom-coms written directed by women sure right and even then it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty few and far between but specifically a movie of this caliber i uh, the one thing that i will say and i have to genuinely applaud it for is it was written and directed by two women and both are you know very talented obviously to to be able to direct a movie uh, and and to direct and write a movie of this caliber um though it was obviously like kind of all over the place in terms of its opinion on margaret thatcher the fact that it even made it to the movie theaters like any movie that is made and like sold and distributed is a fucking feat it's a successful movie because it made it from point it point a to point b yeah so many movies die between point a and point b <laughs> so, so many movies die before fucking point a <laughs> exactly so it's successful in its own right yeah. and i do want to i do want to say that um, yeah absolutely especially because the movie is so much about like what it means to be a woman and like things that women have to do and experience in order to like become successful like there's that the one scene that i really think of is when she's like in the room with all of the men at the table and she has to like scream at that guy his name is jeffrey i forget like what position yeah, yeah, yeah. he holds but like i don't know british parliament is they fucking were, crazy i know nothing about parliament um but like they've been friends for a long time and she has to scream at him in front of everyone and be horribly rude and like insult him and he ends up quitting <laughs> as a result yeah but after everyone leaves the room she's like sitting there like shaking and almost crying because like that's not who she is as a person no it's what she has to do in order to like 
maintain her power and to be heard. And it's fucking sad that she has to compromise her identity and her relationships to do that. Like she had to stop wearing the clothes that she liked and she had to lower her voice. Like Margaret Thatcher's voice is fully manufactured. (laughs) Yeah. Like she does not sound, have that deep of a voice or didn't have that deep of a voice. They made her do it so that she would sound more commanding. Yeah. I think that a lot of what this movie track tackles specifically Mm -hmm. again is like being a woman in a position of power and then being a woman period and being allowed to take up space Yes, because they sort of like made her smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and smaller and smaller and then put her on a very completely different pedestal Yeah, and then forced her to sort of be something completely different because they refused to allow her to take up space in her own right. Yeah. So I think only two women could have told that story, period. Yeah. Um, and Meryl Streep was the perfect vehicle vessel. for that for that character. She was the perfect vessel for this force. Because like I mean, everyone knows Margaret Thatcher's name. Not, you might not know everything she's done, but you know who she fucking is. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows who Meryl Streep is. I think it was like a really good marriage. It was a smart pairing. Between yeah. actor and character. Totally. Yes. Totally. Um, well-deserved, well-deserved position in parliament for yeah, Meryl was, Streep. I believe that was Meryl's last Oscar she received was from yeah. the Iron Lady. Yeah. yeah. So that's Meryl. That was the Iron Lady, bro. And that was Meryl. Yeah. Um we we fucking love her obviously like she's just she's one of those like gold standard daddies yeah she's untouchable she's a true daddy yeah she like you know when we talk about like you know incredible actors we refer to them as like either a meryl or a tom yeah because you're either meryl streep or you're tom hanks or you're nothing (laughs) Uh, a joke Uh, i kid i kid obviously obviously there are other types of daddies there are other types of john hi john john you have to be like John to be a John. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. But for for specifically actors, mm-hmm. if you're a really great, great actor of the female persuasion, yeah. you're a Meryl. Exactly. And if you're a great actor of the male persuasion, you're mm-hmm. a Tom. Precisely. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> do we have any questions today, my friend? Yeah, we do, actually. Uh-huh. Um, this is from Maggie, who is actually my cousin. She sent in a question for us. Oh. Yeah. Well, lay it on me. It is... L- what? Uh, give it a list of top 10 date night movies of all time. I, I put in a lot, a lot of thought into this list. And I, I will say that there are probably movies I could switch out with other ones. But oh, this is just what definitely. I was feeling, you know? I feel that. Um, I get because that. When I think of date night, I don't necessarily think of romantic movie all the time. I oh, think it can just none be of like, mine. <laughs> oh, quite a few of mine are romantic, but they're like romantic in different ways. Like, do we want to laugh hysterically romantic? Do we want to get like fucking in the mood romantic? Yeah. Do we want like romantic thriller? Do we, or do we just like want to watch a good movie together? You know, I feel that those are what mine are. Do you want to do rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first? <sighs> yeah. Okay, let's um, two, I, two out of three or just one? Let's just do one. Let's just do one. Okay. Um, I would also like a counter for how many movies uh, intersect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. No. Oh, sorry. Idiot. I do it on three. No, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, fine. Goddamn fool. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ha ha. You, does that mean you go first or yeah, second? Yeah, I go first. Okay, go ahead. First is the more desirable option because then, then if you repeat a movie I did, sure. then you you copied me. Yes, I understand. Those are the rules of the schoolyard. <laughs> Get with it. So uh, my top 10 date movies are kind of all over the place simply okay. because 
I'm always in a very different mood to watch a movie when I'm on a like when when it is a date night. Mm-hmm. Um, Same, but these are like these are movies that I would want to watch yes. on a date. Me and too. this is a person. This is personal flavor. So uh, we've got Casino Royale. Okay, okay? <laughs> this movie. This movie, if you want a date to go well, mm-hmm. watch this movie okay. with your significant other slash person you're dating slash, uh, you know, FWB. Interesting. You know I've saying? never seen Casino Royale. Uh, so it is riveting. What makes that such a good date night movie? It's just like it's high stakes all the time. Okay. Okay. It's okay. like speed. Got it's it. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I don't know about that. You've got the Bond girls. You've got Daniel Craig. You've got the accents. You've got the cars. You've got the beaches. I don't know that you've got got the the beaches. Yeah, you have all of it. (laughs) Um, All right, so that's the first one. Second one is Uh one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. In case that wasn't clear, that's of all time. Uh, Knives Out. Amazing. First of all, it's a fucking murder mystery, bitch. Yes. Okay, there are multiple murder mysteries on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a murder mystery is the ideal, ideal date night movie yeah that's that's a good date night movie okay for sure period end of discussion uh, also daniel craig are all of these daniel craig movies yeah <laughs> daniel craig with different accents first one was british Amazing. second one's gonna be kentucky We're, we gotta go on perfect uh cowboys versus i'm just kidding <laughs> uh my third one is down with love Bitch, oh yeah <laughs> if you want a good time if you want to like if, if you want to impress someone with like obscure ewan mcgregor knowledge yeah bust out this movie bust out this fucking movie i dare you to bust out this movie with a film bro i dare you to but i dare you fucking dare you i dare you to date date a date a straight white man who has a bfa in film from specifically nyu who wears a lot of scarves Mm -hmm. sit him down on your mid-century modern couch give him some popcorn he'll want he'll want truffle like truffle oil on his popcorn that's just what's gonna happen of course sit him down play down with love and then tell me if you got any if you didn't you need a new man. You need a new man. Um, Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite Dana movies. Interesting. Why, you might ask. Um, it's got to do with two people who are fucking, you know, dealing with some mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing screams love more than that. Uh, it's got Bradley fucking Cooper. He's great. Uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer not Lawrence, my favorite. Not, not my fave. Uh, but you know what? We respect her for this film. Sure. That's kind of that. The plot is amazing. Mm-hmm. The themes are great. And it is just all around a very well-paced film. Okay. Um, it also just deals with like p- two people who are trying to like find love, which yes. without being too far leading into a rom-com. Sure. So there you go. Okay. Let me know. Let me know how that day goes. Is that number four? Or That's number, number five? four. Okay. Five. Number five. <clears throat> What I consider to be one of the most perfect films ever made. Okay. We're talking about the seminal hit classic film, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. (laughs) That almost made it onto my list. This film is the perfect date night movie. I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care what country you're from. I don't care what religion you are. This movie transcends space, time, religion, humanity, species. There are puppets in this movie. There are. There's a fucking puppet musical in this movie Mm -hmm. it's the perfect movie watch it watch it and see if you guys don't get married please (laughs) um next movie almost famous if you want something a little bit more edgy that's something a little bit more meaty watch almost famous Mm -hmm. it's feel good without being too feel good because at the end you know that shit happens Uh (laughs) uh-huh so it's got great music 
It's got a great soundtrack. Yep. It's got great actors. You can spot everyone. If you spot Mark Marin yelling, oh, lock the gates. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy fucking Fallon. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. I mean, like, that's the movie. That's the movie you want to watch. Yeah. If, if your man or your lady or your, your person is a music lover, they might like yep. this movie. So let me know how that relationship's mm-hmm. going. Um, next one. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> A perfect date night movie. That's just a good movie to watch with anybody. If you happen to ride the ride at Universal Studios before they made it into the stupid Jurassic World ride, yeah, you guys can talk about the death of that, and that'll bring you guys closer together. You know, exactly. death bonds. Yeah. Blast from the past. Oh fuck yeah! Blast from the fucking past. Wow, okay? I love that two of these are movies that I introduced to you. I feel like very honored. <laughs> Blast from the fucking past. It is just adorable. Mm-hmm. You can watch Brendan Fraser like be the most adorable human being on the planet you guys can laugh about it you guys can laugh about him finding love Mm -hmm. you guys can sort of like point out the differences between you know the two different time periods that they're in you can talk about well if we ever if we ever decided to build a bunker together what would we put in the bunker yeah great conversation starter yeah and if the person you're dating doesn't like brendan fraser then you know that they're garbage you know that you can't be with them yes (laughs) all right Next one, mm-hmm. Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> okay. Once again, murder mystery cannot go wrong. You guys can talk about this movie in relation to the book. Is it good? Is it not good? Do you like Penelope Cruz? Me too. Great. Let's go have dinner. Boom. Last one. Yes. Last but not least, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Brilliant. I don't need to say anything else. Brilliant. That's an incredible movie. That's my list. Okay. What's we have list? no overlap. Oh, incredible. In- amazing. So amazing. You get, you get 20 you movies. You get 20 for the price of one. Wow, if I were so lucky. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay, my first one, one of my top five fave movies of all time is Before Sunrise. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to watch the whole trilogy, but the first one, there's just something special. And you're watching a relationship where you're like, I want a fucking dynamic like that in with the person that okay. I'm dating. Okay. Because it's just... They sit and they ask each other all the important questions. It's all dialogue based. Also, it's like a film ass film. Oh yeah. So if you're oh, dating yeah. someone filmy, they'll like great it. romantic. It's movie very to aspirational watch. too, mm-hmm. relationship wise. Exactly. Uh second one. True lies. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That you one gotta have even, a sexy action movie. Doesn't even need an explanation. We have Arnold, we have Jamie Lee in mm. her uh, doing that dance in, in her underwear. Ah, <laughs> uh, very Oh sensual. my god. Very what oh, so good. Mm. Okay. When Harry Met Sally. Of course. Brill. Another one of my top five movie, fave movies ever. You know why it's great. I don't need to tell you. Um, Body Heat. Whoa. That's my steamy date night pick. Whoa. <laughs> Slightly thrillery because there is a thriller element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sex scenes in Body Heat. Who? Zoo Wee Mama. Who baby? Zoo Mama. I've never watched a movie where you're like, I can feel the sweat. I can feel the heat. I can literally feel the moisture hanging in the thick Florida air. Oh, so Life good. cycle of water. So good. <laughs> okay, number five, high fidelity. Yeah, duh. Uh, duh. So, so good. So good. Jack Absolutely. Black, I, I don't need to tell you. We love him. And stay tuned. <laughs> John Cusack, so good. Uh, Le- Lisa Bonet. Uh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Enough, oh enough okay. already. Okay, Just okay, go okay, watch okay. the movie. Go watch the movie. Number six, Back to the Future. Duh. 
Hands down. The first one, especially really good for a date night um, because you do have that like love element to it. Mm -hmm. But it's not it's not too in your face. No. And it's like a shared nostalgia because I'm sure you both watched it as kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's too good. It's going to be enjoyable no matter what. You might not like bone after watching Back to the Future, but you're going to have like a really fun night. Yeah. Uh, Next one. This is this is the thriller romance movie. Whoa, where you you'll probably go have sex after this, but like like you might be scared. Um, we're talking about eyes wide shut. Oh my god, <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Tom Nicole, Cruise. Her her be- her body, her body, adi adi. Her body, adi adi adi. Nicole Kidman's nipples are like little bunny noses. They're like little pinky, like like I she's been kissed by a fairy. Love eyes wide shut. Great choice. Great it's choice. So good. It's so good. Okay, Dirty Dancing is the next one. I mean. I've had the time of my life. Can you? Had the time of my life. And I never <laughs> felt this way before. Mm-hmm. Mm, I swear. Patrick Swayze is a snack. Snack with three <gasps> C's. His hips. His, oh my God, I love So good. Anyway, okay, go okay. watch Dirty Dancing. Ooh, second to last. Moonstruck. Okay. Okay. Share. Nicolas Cage, one of my yes. most favorite Nicolas Cage performances of all time. Nick Cage, baby. <gasps> oh. This movie. This movie is so good. This movie is a triumph for me because I showed my boyfriend this movie for the first <gasps> what? time. He had never seen it. And I think he thought it was going to be dumb. No, it's because good. Because it's like a romantic movie. Right. But it's like. What's up with men, man? This movie. And he loved it. So. Incredible. Oh, triumph. We love. First of all, Nick Cage. My favorite uh. Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one this is the you're gonna laugh hysterically date night movie is the 40 year old virgin yeah duh so good that you gotta have scene? a good judd movie in your in your date night movie arsenal that wax scene is gonna really like bring it home for you guys it's so so good um you know uh, what we're gonna be really nice about it we'll include all 20 films on slides in our instagram stories and we'll put it on a highlight. Oh, okay yeah we'll do that <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on a highlight it'll be under date night <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 uh enjoy Enjoy. Yeah, because I just don't know how the fuck you guys are going to remember all these films. We just laid on you. Everything we just put taking down. Notes, uh, Y'all are not uh, taking notes. You guys are in the car. You guys are in the bath. You guys are sitting <laughs> down. You guys are not taking notes. That's that's my instinct. You're listening to us on your Bluetooth shower speaker. I have a Bluetooth shower speaker. I do too. I didn't like it. It echoed. My my shower is like a little cubic, like all plaster tile cubicle. There's like no, there's a ceiling. It's like, you feel like you're in a closet. Oh shit. And so the way the sound echoes no, in there, like the it's sound. like very bad. I don't like it. Ours is good. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) You just fucking suck. I'm just kidding. You're right. My shower is just garbage. All right, guys. That was the fucking Meryl Streep part two episode. That it was. We didn't say anything that we dabbled. (laughs) No, because my dabbles have not changed. We're still in a pandemic. Nothing's going on. To be honest, um, just look for more dabbles in the next week. Uh, stay tuned for a very special episode next week. Yeah, we're fucking excited about. We're I'm excited about all of the ones coming up. Um, mm-hmm. next week is gonna be super fun. I think that's gonna be a laugh and a half. Once again, please visit our website, johnfavreosmydaddy.com. That way, you guys can submit your own daddies. You can submit your own questions. We take them on two separate contact sheets, or yeah. do it on one. Be a fucking rule breaker. I don't care. Yeah. Um, or and you can DM us. Don't forget to follow us at 
John Favreau's My Daddy Pod. Pod. RIP to our last Instagram. It is no longer with us. And then don't forget to rate uh, and review our podcast mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, just pop on over. Yeah, usually, you know, if you like us, you want to say nice things about us. If you don't, don't mm-hmm. do it. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And good night, everyone. And lastly, don't, don't sue us, Danny Favreau. Favreau. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.